0: I'm surprised, cause every now and then I'm a mess now I've been low, 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 but now I'm on the all-time high I'm surprised, cause every now and then I'm a mess now I've been low, 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 low
1: but now I'm on the all-time
0: high I was dead broke Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 37. Today I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Dr. Corey Petty. Um, Dr. Corey Petty, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience real quick?
1: What's up guys? Here's always Dr. Corey Petty coming at you to ask some interesting questions about smart contract languages today.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we're... uh, we're moving away from last episode was about Coinbase. Previous episode like that had to do with uh, Ethereum. So now we're gonna we're moving back over to Bitcoin here right now. Um, and, we're, and we're focusing on it. And it's a pretty exciting um, uh, project. Um, I'm going to have the developers uh, and, and individuals close to the project talk to you about that themselves first. But we're, today we're joined by um, Dan Robinson from Chain, um, as well as Boima Fambula who is a general partner and technical strategist um, with myself at our crypto hedge fund, um, Amentum. So uh, both these gentlemen are gonna be kind of giving us a lowdown on uh, what it is that they had been working on um, previously and, and Boyman himself now continuously, you know, even though that he's like now has left chain. Um, and so he's still relatively very close to the project. So it's, it's, I'm glad that Boyman was able to join us today. Um, so I guess without, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and hop in and we'll start with Dan Robinson. Um, so Dan, uh, can you give us a introduction on yourself, your background, um, like where you come from in the space, how you ended up in crypto and working on um, what you're working on at Chain?
2: Sure. So um, I actually used to be a lawyer. Uh, I was a litigation associate at a big firm in New York. Um, but at the same time, kind of much more interested in programming and also Saw a lot going on in the in the tech sector that I felt just like I was missing out on um, by this or by just practicing law. And by the way, law is just really boring in general. Uh, but I was I was happy to. Uh, um, so after a couple of years of doing that, I left and um, I was looking. So I was I was planning to be just a web developer, but I had this weird blockchain hobby, and uh, that was around the time um, that, was, that was that was within a year after Ethereum had launched. And uh, I was so I was I was really getting more into solidity. Um, I was still interested in Bitcoin, and uh, I I started so I looked for a couple of jobs um, just sort of on a lark that would be in the blockchain space, and I landed at at Chain where I met Boima.
0: Awesome, yeah. thank you for that. So go ahead. How about how about you, Boyma? Give us your background and how you ended up in crypto. Totally. So I actually
3: studied a computer science at school um, at Purdue. And then I, after I graduated, it was kind of just like a backup plan for my African parents. (laughs) I really wanted to be a rapper. (laughs) So I did music for a while. Like uh, um, for a good three to four years, I was in an indie hip hop band, DJing clubs in Chicago, weddings. Um, Instead of taking the, you know, starving artist route, I'd like make a shitty WordPress site, live off that for a couple months, (laughs) make another JavaScript application, live off that for a couple months. Um, and then I kind of got tired with
0: that for a little bit.
3: Yeah, I was, I was, I was finessing for a little bit.
0: Um, but
3: then I realized, you know, like, you know, this isn't going anywhere. And like, I literally have skills in the hottest sector in, um, the world right now. So I should probably like, you know, buckle down and start, you know, working for real. So, uh, I took a, uh, web development job at a Salesforce. Um, and then I saw the movie Dope. And if you haven't seen that movie, no pun intended, it's really dope. But a side <laughs> plot, a side plot is that the main character and his friends come across some drugs, and they don't know what to do with it, so they sell it on the dark market for Bitcoin. And you know, while I was in school, um, I had heard of Bitcoin, but didn't really take it seriously, which sucks because I was in school like from two thousand six to 2010, 11, actually. So, I mean, I wish I had thought of it, but um, I went back, you know, after the movie and just like kind of fell down the rabbit hole. And like, I was like, man, I have to work in the space. And I just started like sending out resumes and like landed a chain.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is, this is like a perfect setting to talk about. I mean, s- smart contracts, especially like how chain has implemented smart contracts. Cause yeah, we have two people who understand the even core basic concept of what a smart contract is. And I think that's a good place to start. What, For most people in the cryptocurrency space, especially people who may be listening to this this episode, they consider smart contracts basically as what Ethereum now provides. But the idea of a smart contract is probably more general than that. Can you give us kind of your basic definition of what you think smart contracts are?
2: Yeah, so um, what I think smart contracts ultimately are about, um, it goes back to this idea that that was developed by Nick Sabo, who's widely considered to have invented the concept of smart contracts about 20 years ago. And it's... Uh, it's particularly about securing property, so um, which is a little different from the concept of a contract in, in law. So, with an Ethereum smart contract or with a Bitcoin smart contract, or with any blockchain smart contract, what makes it really valuable isn't just the fact that it's running on a bunch of people's computers. It's that it's controlling some um, some piece of property, some uh, sort of scarce resource. So, on Ethereum, you, that could be um, that could be Ether itself, the native token, or it could be some ERC-20 token. And you can, and a smart contract is a way to write a program that directly controls uh, that scarce resource, that property. So that's so that's what that, that's a function that the functionality that at the Ethereum smart contracts provide, but it's also something that you can do with other um, other blockchain platforms uh, that support it, and that's what we try to do with Bitcoin.
0: Awesome. So, yeah. So, so, so that being said, like you said, you're trying to do that same with Bitcoin. So, so kind of, kind of, kind of walk us through um, how you guys got into working on a uh, smart contracting language for Bitcoin. And like, what do you, what do you see as like some potential short-term use cases, um, you know, kind of given the, the restrictions when it comes to like Bitcoin script, um, if anyone's familiar with developing on Bitcoin uh, and Bitcoin scripts, they can probably attest to one, the you know complexity and the learning curve for it, um, but also like the inherent limitations given a lot of the disability, um, excuse me, the disabling of like previous opcodes and stuff on the actual Bitcoin main chain. So, 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 so walk us through kind of the, 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 the sole, the business case as to why you guys approached it and what's coming next.
2: Sure. So Ivy was originally developed as a language that compiles to chains, uh, uh, chains, virtual machines. So chain, um, has a blockchain product, Chain Core, um, and uh, there's a version of that available called Chain Core Developer Edition, which is open source. And um, it has a, it, it's, it's uh, the architecture is roughly based on, on Bitcoins. It's more similar to Bitcoins than it is to to Ethereum's. And the scripting language um, was originally inspired by the structure and sort of the design of Bitcoin scripting language, but with a lot of additional features added to um, provide additional functionality. Um, so, with, uh, with with Ivy was originally developed to make it easy to write um, smart contracts for that. So, when I started at the company, uh, people had people were doing smart contract programming, uh, but for the most part, they were writing it in uh, in low-level assembly language, um, and that's right now how what the current status is in, in Bitcoin in general. When people are working on Bitcoin smart contracts or using Bitcoin Script for various applications, they're writing uh, low-level opcodes. And I'm not particularly good at writing low-level Um I think Boehm and I are both like that. We like to work with that sort of a higher level of abstraction. Uh, so, yeah. So what we um, uh, this was something, and and a couple other people at the company actually really sort of made the first steps developing Ivy. Um, but boyman and I kind of ran with it to develop um, a uh, full sort of compiler and and development environment for writing these contracts that could that could compile to the to the script. So. To, to the low-level script, and once we did that, we kind of thought, actually, you know, this is this could work as a way to, to compile to the much more limited instruction set of Bitcoin script, but it could provide all the same kind of higher-level abstractions, could be a lot more usable. Uh, so, so we so we prototype. In fact, the initial prototype of the Ivy Playground was uh, targeted Bitcoin script, and that was what we. Uh, demoed at Stanford at the Stanford BPACE conference uh, about one year ago, and uh, and it's what we've been developing ever since. And so we did release a version of the playground that compiles to Chain as well, but which um, is which is a it's a very similar sort of uh, development environment, just with a more you get you get a few more features in the language that you don't in the Bitcoin one.
1: I have so, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I, was, I have. I have countless questions here because this smart contract, the programming languages in general are very interesting to me, and when you apply those to cryptocurrencies in the various stack languages that they work on, just makes it even worse. So, like I'm, I'm a current, I wouldn't say limitation, but problem or difficulty that most people are having right now in the Ethereum space of smart contracts is trying to make sure that the high level smart contract that you program in solidity actually boils, when it gets compiled into the EVM or bytecode, which gets put into the blockchain, does what you think it does when you're programming the actual smart contract. And that is somewhat of a difficult thing to do based on the type of language that was chosen to then perform the high-level smart contracts. So how are you kind of maybe mitigating some of these issues with IVY and so that when, you, when you're when you writing a high-level smart contract in the Ivy programming language, you know that it's going to perform the way it's supposed to perform when it gets compiled down.
0: Yeah, if you can provide us like some low-level specifics to like the language so we can understand it more.
2: Yeah, so so Ivy is designed to try to, um, to, have, to avoid those sharp edges, which uh, we definitely agree there are with, with Solidity and um, with, with some other sort of, of, these, of these languages. So first, um, just is designed to be as simple as possible um it doesn't give you um a lot of extra bells and whistles the program the language is, is um pretty readable and it's, it's obvious to most people when they're reading a program what it does um and that's so it's designed really to be to be convenient for the reader for a reader not for a writer not to allow someone to just to like take a lot of shortcuts to avoid writing code because you're probably only going to write a smart contract once but it's going to be read it's gonna have to be read by everybody who wants to check the security of it so it's designed for primarily for readability rather than for than for writability. um it has some it has some cool features that are just sort of designed to to avoid common bugs so it has a very strong type system um instead of whereas in solidity everything is um or most things are just sort of bytes types they're just they're just byte arrays um arbitrary strings in uh, in Ivy, there's separate types for public keys, for signatures, for byte strings, for SHA-256 hashes of public keys, for SHA-1 hashes of byte strings. All of these are different types. And uh, the program's type checker will prevent you from doing a lot of, um, from making a lot of sort of mistakes like mixing up a pub- public key and a signature or comparing the hash of a string to the hash of a byte string to the hash of a public key. So that's just sort of one of the kinds of features. Um, so I think Boyman can also talk to you about, because we, we've thought about this, not just in the context of, of bringing sort of a, a programmability to Bitcoin script, but also trying to design a language that's a little smarter. So Boima can tell you a little about um, what we did for, uh, as a prototype for Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, break it down, Boima.
3: Yeah, so uh, Dan and I uh, represented Chain at the ICC crypto bootcamp that uh, went on, um, I think last year in July. Um, it was out in Ithaca, um, and we actually led a team that wrote a transpiler from our Ivy uh, contract language that to uh, Solidity. And we actually focused on, which is funny that now it's kind of like a hotbed thing, but um, we were focusing on decentralized exchange and particularly uh, controlling ERC-20 tokens. And something you alluded to earlier, uh, Corey, is that... Um, or Petty, I I don't I called you Corey. whatever you I want to call you. me. It's I, fine. <laughs> I want to call you, Dr. Corey Petty. Um, something, <laughs> that, something you alluded to earlier, Dr. Corey Petty, is that um it is really hard to reason about um what your how your code will actually interact with the VM um from once it's compiled from solidity down to down to bytecode, and so what we were doing, we're trying to uh, basically um, develop templates for Ivy that would allow you to create different, um, what could act as derivatives between um, between ERC20 tokens, like call options, put options. But also the coolest thing I thought that we did was we actually modeled a multi-sig contract um, that basically handled Ethereum contracts as if, or excuse me, handled Ethereum transfers as if they were um, Bitcoin, uh, Uh, multi-sig addresses, and it was, I don't know, it was an interesting, it was actually a really interesting and tough problem to try to tackle because one, um, Ivy was designed for a UTXO uh, data model, and Ethereum has a contract account or an account model uh, system, so a lot of the, a lot of the issues that you even see with compiling Solidity down uh, to Ethereum EVM bytecode because of the restricted nature of uh, of the UTXO model and Bitcoin script, a lot of those things are mitigated just by having a smaller uh, a base to compile to. And so we had to really kind of use this language that was meant to compile to um, a more restrictive uh, set of instructions and kind of manage to handle uh, just... More moving pieces when it comes to creating Ethereum contracts. Um, I don't know, but that it was it was a really interesting project, and we actually we actually put that out before we even were able to you know put out this uh, the compiler to Bitcoin. Is that still up, Dan? It is,
2: but I, I, I hesitate to give them the URL because just because <laughs> I don't want anyone to be creating smart contracts with this and losing all their money because we built it in a week on very little sleep.
3: <laughs> totally. Totally. Although and we did, we did. I remember sense. we, uh, <laughs> we, I spent the whole night like making sure that, like, the, like, well, one, we, I, one thing that we were really proud of is we had uh, our, like, we had some of the contracts that we had. So we wrote a bunch of, uh, once we got the, the code generator working from Ivy to Solidity and then compiling to bytecode, we actually like, wrote a bunch of templates in Ivy, compiled them to to solidity uh contracts and then had Phil from uh, IC3 like do like a quick little security audit to check for reentrancy bugs which i'm proud to report that we had none uh, <laughs> which is actually kind of cool when you think about it because we were yeah, literally Prove, writing the
0: important Phil's smart man i like Phil a lot oh yeah. Um, yeah
3: um and i remember uh i don't remember if you i don't know if you remember the steven but when i got back steven and i met uh, uh at like a coffee shop i think this was like i think i got back and that's when i had like uh Decided I was going to come and uh, uh, work with him on Momentum, and I was showing him like the Ivy uh, uh, multi sig contract, and then showing him the the, the solidity that it spit out. And he was like, "Dude, this is ridiculous! Like it, like the readability is just like, like I mean, I can't say order of magnitude. That's not real, but like it, it, it was vastly it was it was it was,
0: it, it was substantially better. It was like, oh, let me just look <laughs> at this horrible bullshit and think for a second, or just like read this in two seconds and understand what the hell it's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's, so 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 I mean I'm glad you guys are still like kind of heading that direction. So 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 tell me more. Um, you know Dan, since you're still like there formally at Chain, what are what are what are some plans for like Ivy in the short term? What are you guys looking to do? Is this is just just a project you're hoping like other people will be passionate and build behind going forward, or is this actually something you guys are going to use? Yeah. So I mean,
2: so primarily I'm interested in as a way to teach people about um about Bitcoin script and about sort of this kind of smart contract model and the advantages of, of part of it is the advantages of immutable um, contracts, UTXO based uh, contracts like Bitcoin has. Let me just back up for a second, because uh, for your listeners who aren't, uh, who are sort of wondering about what Bitcoin smart contracts means, because I, I think I may have skipped uh, past that a little. So. Yeah, go ahead, lay it on. Yeah, so uh, people, um, most people familiar with the space know uh, how a normal, a typical Bitcoin address works, which is, it correspond, each Bitcoin address corresponds to a public key, a cryptographic public key, and anybody who has the corresponding private key can create a signature that allows you to spend that money. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that a, uh, an address doesn't have to just correspond to a single signature check like that one. Uh, it can be a multi-signature check, so p- uh, people may be familiar with multi-sig contracts where it takes two signatures from two different public keys. To, to spend this uh, value, or it takes any two out of three. Um, it You can impose uh, time locks. So you can have an absolute time lock, which says it has to be, it can only, this, can, this money can only be spent after um, block 50,000 or after um, June 5th, 2018. But, uh, and, and you can have relative time locks, which say this, can, this money can only be spent once this contract, once this value has been locked here on the blockchain for more than a week. Um, so these are these are sort of the primitives, the affordances that, that Bitcoin Script gives you. And you can combine them in really arbitrary ways using Bitcoin Script. So Bitcoin Script is a language, a uh, low-level um, virtual machine language. It looks like, like just, uh, sort of a sequence of bytes that lets you... Um, say, this money can only be spent by Alice um, until uh, you know, this uh, June 5th, 2018, at which point it can be spent by Bob. So uh, these, these are, these, you can uh, combine these relatively simple primitives um, and create some really fascinating stuff. So uh, maybe the most high-profile example is the Lightning Network um, of, of an application that's built on top of Bitcoin script. So, uh, getting so circling back to your to your question, what we're sort of hoping for, um, part of it is to educate people about how Bitcoin script works. Right now, it's very hard for anyone uh, to even write or read a Bitcoin script contract because it's written in this in this low-level um, sort of language that looks like like fourth. Um, if you're familiar with it, it looks just like a like a series of um, of stack operations. Uh, but um, also, we're hoping to make it easier to explain sort of higher-level concepts. So, an example is a Lightning Network. Um, Which right now, uh, to sort of understand that, you not only have to understand each of these scripts, but then keeping those in your head, you have to figure out how to put them all together um, into these chains of transactions. Where if you're thinking on a slightly higher level of abstraction, if you're able to think about this in terms of Ivy as a a, a more human-readable programming language for each contract, it might be a little easier to think about how they fit together. So... um, uh, and sort of that, that's, that's the short-term goal is to, write some, uh, is to write some blog posts and to kind of try to do some education about how to use Ivy um, in, in the context of Bitcoin script and how to explain protocols like the Lightning Network in terms of it. Um, in the slightly longer term, I think it would be nice to be able to even go higher as a level of abstraction and say uh, some of these higher, some of these more complicated ideas in, in the Lightning Network like hash time lock contracts or having these chains of transactions that are pre-signed. Having that, having those capabilities be sort of provided by a by an even higher level language, by a language that doesn't concern itself with oh, I need to pre-sign this transaction and you need to have this pre-image, but instead thinks thinks about just like okay, what who needs to trust whom and, and what are they trying to do together. Um, so that's that's I think more sort of, of a dream for for what it potentially could be. But for now, I think yeah, primarily the goal is for education for people to to really get to, to make it easier for people to work with. Ideas uh, to work with Bitcoin Script and Bitcoin Smart
1: Contracts. Thank you. So, so So I think that's that's something that's incredibly sorely needed in the Bitcoin space because there is a lot of functionality that exists within the scripting language that that is currently implemented in Bitcoin, but people don't understand it because it's so hard to work with. And having a more high-level abstract language that allows you to kind of reason, understand, and and build. Um, more complex things with what's currently available is is necessary for people to understand what the, what the capabilities of Bitcoin currently are. But as you as we move forward, there's there's things that are in place or are trying to be worked on, such as like Merkleized abstract syntax trees or MAST that expand that programming language. Is this something that I will be able to adapt to, or is it something that like you have to rewrite the entire thing to then maybe perform another abstract language for something like that?
2: That's a great question. In fact, that was another of our motivations for writing Ivy, I think is partly um, that I wanted to make it easier to explain these concepts um, uh, to, to sort of explain, for example, how, uh, uh, what, what you could do with additional features, um, because I, I really would like with Bitcoin to, have to add some more features. It, it, it can be very inconvenient to try to work around some of these limitations. Miracleized abstract syntax trees are a great example. And that's one where uh, I was actually looking at that today there's actually, a, there's actually a pretty clear um, way to transform IV smart contracts without changing at all the language and what, and what people are writing so that they'll take advantage of that once it's available. So that um, the feature that that gives you is IV contracts can have multiple clauses um, and someone gets to choose, uh, the, the spender gets to choose which one they call. If you have a Merkleized abstract syntax tree, if you have this, um, this feature enabled, then we'd be able to say you only reveal the clause that both clauses are committed to originally in the contract, but they're not public. And when you spend the contract, you only make public the clause that you actually call. The other one is is uh, still hidden. So that's it's a little more efficient because it doesn't use um, as much of the of the space in the transaction to include all that code because you can skip the parts that you don't execute, and it also um, uh, saves a lot of. Um, uh, it gives you some more privacy uh, because it means it means you don't have to reveal what the other conditions even were. So. Uh, so that there's an example where, um, I think a, it will, um, that's something that I think we have a pretty clear idea of how we can, we can build it. Uh, we can adapt the Ivy compiler to support it, um, and to get a, an immediate advantage. But also I think it's a way that Ivy can show, can be used to argue for it and to show here's, um, here's what this contract, um, would actually do, here's why it's useful, um, and here's how it would be, how, how's how this feature would be added. Um, mass is, is is one of my, one of my dream, uh, target features. Another is, is covenants, um, which is the ability to inspect the outputs of a transaction. And so that's, uh, allowed covenants are supported in the chain VM. So the, the I version of Ivy for chain allows those they're supported in the Ethereum version of Ivy, um, that we prototyped. And it's a very extremely useful feature for a lot of applications. And um, would be great for, for for payment for a lot of payment channel applications too. So um, uh, I'd like to also spend some of this year kind of using Ivy to argue for that and to to add those features. Because yes, while Bitcoin Script people have done really remarkable things with it, um, there are some there are some core uh, just sort of mis- missing pieces of functionality that could be added uh, to make yeah, it. A did lot- you
0: see that? Um- did you see the Bitcoin Cash plans on re-enabling all the old opcodes that were like shut off? Like, have you thought about like the easeability of putting this on Bitcoin Cash? It might be easier. So the
2: the currently doesn't support Bitcoin Cash um, primarily because I I you know don't really care about Bitcoin Cash. But no, I mean to, for, to be honest- <laughs> The conversation starts. <laughs> it's right now. So right now it only compiles the SegWit addresses. Um, and the reason for that is that a lot of what you want to do with uh, would be the stuff you could build with Ivy. Like I was talking about how to use it for payment channels. Um, the more advanced features we'd like to be able to build into the language even and some of the applications don't work if you have transaction malleability, um, which SegWit gets rid of. Bcash doesn't support. Bitcoin Cash doesn't support. Um, SegWit, so currently you can't use these addresses. Um, as far as re-enabling the, the missing opcodes, there's stuff like, so like multiplication and division, um, which are, we actually don't, Ivy, Ivy doesn't actually support any of the integer operations because there's nothing you can do with them right now. Uh, there's no real, there's no real, you can do math in the, in the contract, but there's no actual, um, there's no, as far as I can tell, any applications for it. Um, so there's an allow, I don't really see a reason for multiplication division. Um, string concatenation would be a really big one. I don't know whether Bitcoin Cash is seriously considering bringing bringing back uh, or bringing in uh, script concatenation as a as an opcode, but that would that's something that would maybe very seriously consider um, targeting it because there's a lot you can do if you have string concatenation that you can't do um, without it. Dan, so, I actually so-
3: have a question. Ooh. Um, what do you? I, and it's more so just to like. Get it, get it out to the public, but what do you what are your thoughts on uh, detractors from covenants uh, the, from implementing covenants, covenants on Bitcoin's thought on uh, its affecting its effect on a uh, fungibility because I I feel like that's one of the major uh, kind of points against uh, using covenants on Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, so so one of the original objections that that came um, from from some developer, core developers is that um, is that covenants. Yeah, they, they mess with fungibility in that once you you can lock something up, some Bitcoin up in a covenant in such a way that it can never then be um, uh, be sort of escaped from this covenant. So it can it can, for example, it can uh, enforce that it can be transferred to anybody, but that someone will always have, um, you know, like it, it can be transferred from Bob to Charlie, but that Alice will always have the right to um, to recover it, something like that. And that these so that what this does is it means that some bit these Bitcoin can't really be considered fungible with all the other Bitcoin anymore. Um, it's sort of a, it's sort of a weird, uh, objection in my view, just in the same way that sort of philosophically talking about someone's, you know, um, like if it's your Bitcoin, you can, I, in my opinion, you should be able to do whatever you want with it, including impose conditions on it. Um, and, uh, uh, using the covenants that said, honestly, like that's, that's not the kind of uses of covenants that I think are that are, um, Considered useful, um, these sort of permanent uh, professional covenants. Yeah, in, in law we have a concept called the rule against perpetuities, which would prevent this. But generally, these aren't um, uh, the uses of covenants are a lot more. There are some real uses for them, in, for example, in, p- in payment channels. So I think it's um, uh, it's sort of silly for this philosophical reason to try to object to something um, uh, when when there are real applications that we think there are for it. But you know, I'd be happy for there to be. A, active debate over whether covenants could be added there just doesn't seem to be honestly as much attention and to put into bitcoin script as i'd really like there to be right now in the developer community so again hopefully ivy will trigger some more of that
3: totally uh, that and like uh, selfishly that's kind of just i i talk to dan about this stuff all the time and there are just like thoughts that he has that i want out there so
0: <laughs> this so is your about, platform how about, boy, how about you give us um how about you give us some information, Boyma, like, uh, um, in regards to um, either, like, Ivy or just, like, lessons that you guys learned while you guys were, like, working to, like, build Ivy? Like, what's something that we can chew on, like, uh, that's, like, solid on from you?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, well, one, one thing I will say is that, like, getting back to Dan's point about um, his major reasons for wanting to develop Ivy being pedagogical, like... I learned so much about Bitcoin script, just like working on this project. Um, my background at the company, I started there as like a QA engineer and kind of like worked my way onto the protocol engineering team. And this was like, really my first project on that team. I, I, or I did, I did a deep dive into our confidential assets, uh, implementation, like uh, a little bit before this, because this was like my first like project on the protocol engineering team. And, um, And it, like, just getting a chance to think about scripting at a higher level of abstraction and not having the mental overhead of not only, like, dealing with um, really just, like, like, bite math at the end of the day is what you're doing when you're, like, dealing with, like, forth like stack based languages like Bitcoin script and being able to like reason about it on a level that like you just, I just have, you know, like I I'm a programmer, I'm used to like dealing with high level programming languages. And it it took so much of the barrier to entry away that allowed me to dig deeper into how um, the Bitcoin scripting language actually even works. And that is, I can't, I can't speak to how um, empowering that was as like someone who like, didn't really i mean like there, there's a there, there's only so much that like you can learn from like walking through a um a, a pdsh um, example online you know like uh y- you really need to be able to like play around with the language and like and 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 and, and try new things and like Ivy is something that like not only just like working with like building the 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 interface, but then actually like debugging the interface by writing contracts in it. And like it, it just it just helped my knowledge so much. And I think that like once people start really like playing around with the IDE and and writing scripts and looking at templates and sharing templates with other people, it, it'll it'll really I think it could really help in. Um, one of the major problems we're seeing with blockchains in general, which is the lack of protocol developers, new protocol developers coming in and fresh minds coming in, and I think that this is a tool that is like, I don't know, I'm I'm am so excited for people to start using it.
1: If I can if I can build on that a little bit, I feel that like I'm I feel pretty quite strongly about this, especially in terms of like intuition and pedagogy and t- and how you use programming languages to start to reason about what these things can do, and that is like choosing a language um, that. Is that f- that works functionally the way you're supposed to intuit about how these th- how blockchains should work is very important. And what we've seen with Solidity is that the fact that it's based on JavaScript is that when people start to write contracts who have a background in JavaScript tend to write smart contracts in a very naive, inefficient way because most people who learn JavaScript don't think or reason about building software the way you should think or reason about building smart contracts. And there are other types of programming languages. That teach software design based on the way their language works that is better for thinking and reasoning about how to build smart contracts. I think the fact that Ivy is built on a functional like a functional programming language basis means that when you make these these contracts, they're going to work more closely um, the way they should, and you won't have nearly as many bugs because you're forced to write contracts in a way that the program or how smart contracts should be written, as opposed to kind of dancing around the idea. And so when people learn about how to do these things, and then play around with it like you'd like them to, they end up thinking about the technology and the way it should be thought about much, much more quicker, and they then then get better at doing this stuff much quicker.
0: What are you to, so what you're trying to say is, is that depending on the, t- uh, the actual like, construct and like the, the low-level specifics behind the language, it will invite a certain type of developer that will write a certain type of contract? Is that what you mean?
1: That, and as you, re- you learn about how to use these things based on the way the language comes together and works and compiles down, it, it, it teaches you a much cleaner way of like how to think about these things because you're not given the freedom to make things in a very inefficient way.
2: I think that that's that's exactly right. By the way, for for listeners who want to who want to actually try out Ivy, I should have plugged earlier in the program. Um, there, you can go to iv-lang.org. So Ivy langorg slash bitcoin um, and that's the Ivy playground, which is a full um, integrated development environment for writing and um, testing out uh, smart Bitcoin smart contracts in Ivy. Yeah, um, and so I was thinking around for that Contract templates. Oh,
0: sorry. I was- I was thinking around for that for a few minutes. It's like it's pretty mature. It looks really good. I'm like really, I'm glad you guys like flushed it out the way you did before putting oh, yeah, it out there. It brings a lot credit, more value.
2: That's, that's credit to Boima Mom who did who just did a ton of that um, of that UI work for it um, and really sort of figuring out uh, what the easiest way for the for the playground to be. I mean, I, I we honestly consider the playground to be uh, just sort of a huge part of what Ivy is. In that there's this language. The language is compiled to Bitcoin scripts but what are you gonna do with Bitcoin script? Like, how are you going to actually create a transaction? Where are you gonna find a private key or your public key? Um, how are you going to keep track of which ones you have? Uh, how are you gonna test this? How are you actually gonna create a transaction out of it? All that depends on the playground, which by the way is built using, um, using Bitcoin, which is a uh, fantastic JavaScript library, full implementation of Bitcoin um, that uh, that Chris Jeffries and others uh, uh, have built.
0: Major oh, yeah. shout out Ooh. to
3: JJ. Yeah, shout out, out to JJ. <laughs>
0: I'll include a link to people too just because that's more like – that's that's a soft plug for JJ because I love him. So I'm just going to go ahead and include that in there
2: too. All right, yes. well um, – and, and I'd say um, for the docs, uh, so it's got a lot of uh, language documentation as well, like example contracts. You can go to docs.ivlang.org, docs.iv-lang.org.
0: Awesome, and I'll, I'll make sure I include all that stuff in the, uh, the show notes too so people right. can just like go in there and have a click and, and check it out. Um, so thank you gentlemen for, for coming on the show and, and breaking down Ivy for us. You know, we, I, you know I was really curious about the, uh, the platform for a long time ever since we had that first discussion uh, back in the purse office. And I'm glad that we were finally able to like have this discussion. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what a potential like new batch of like Bitcoin developers could bring um, by like, you know, being able to like get in quickly, get in the door, understand these low level scripts, understand like functionally like how it works. And you know, like, like what are, what are built? What are the limitations? Uh, what are the possibilities? And and you know, that was one of the things that I was very very excited about with Bitcoin, um, which is like obviously you guys echoed that point, which is you know it was it was it was it was, it was of ease, it was very modular, it was great, and you know secure um, platform um, to build on and, and and get familiar with Bitcoin. So I'm glad this compounds on that further, and this is exactly what we wanted. When we were looking to push it in the first place, is to like drive like very smart individuals like yourself and Boima, who'd be able to provide us the innovation to onboard the next you know generation of Bitcoin developers. So thank you for your hard work, gentlemen, and like we really appreciate it. Myself and you know Petty too, the guys from all Bitcoin podcasts, you know hard work from developers like you guys uh, in the trenches, spending long hours um, dealing with low-level code. You're the real MVPs, and uh, I don't know where we'd be without you guys.
1: It's because we love it.
0: Thanks, Steven. It's it's a pleasure. Yep, pleasure coming on. And once, once some more has like come off from Ivy, or you know, if you guys like work on some more cool stuff in relation to Bitcoin and smart contracts, come on back and keep us uh, updated. Absolutely. Totally. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. Thanks for coming on. This episode of Block Channel was sponsored by Bitcoin Cash. If you love Bitcoin. You're going to love Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is a hard fork of the original Bitcoin legacy chain and features an 8 megabyte block size and a flexible difficulty adjustment algorithm that enables it to more easily handle large fluctuations in the network hash rate. Bitcoin Cash was created and quickly adopted due to its potential to provide a sound store of value and medium of exchange while still enjoying low network transaction fees and the security of SHA 256 proof of work. If you're interested, check out bitcoincash.org to learn more about how this asset can help you and how you can start using it for buying goods and services today.
1: I'm surprised Cause
0: every now and then I'm a mess now I've been low, 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 low But now I'm on a all-time high I'm surprised Cause every now and
1: then I'm a mess now I've been low, 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 low But now I'm on a all-time high
0: I was dead, bro. Pockets need an IV,
3: likely. Yeah, the 444 from four, 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 Wendy's with the IC.